Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Jason Munns is the Tiger basketball beat writer for the Commercial Appeal. You can follow him on Twitter on X at Munsley. Joins us each and every Monday on the program. Munns, what are we listening to? Jeffrey, this is the uh, fantastic... Uh, underappreciated, short-lived group, Fanny. Uh, they were an all-female. They were the first all-female rock and roll group to ever sign to a major label. Oh. And uh, this is uh, off their phenomenal album, Fanny Hill, and it's called Rock Bottom Blues. So I think that's kind of the first question that I have. Are they bad right now? Yes, 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 they are. Yes. Um, I mean, you know, like it's, it's certainly not, it's certain, there's certainly more nuance to it. Like they're not bad offensively Um, unless you count the turnovers. Um, You know, I mean, that's, that's, they're not bad at scoring points uh, right now. Um, Yeah. They're not bad at generating offense either way. You generating your offense or generating their own. I mean, listen, find me a team that can turn the ball over 22 times and, sc- and still score 88 points in regulation, and that's, the, you know, like, that's pretty nuts. Like, you cut that in half, and you're probably over 100. Um, or, you, you know, you got a chance to be over 100 points, um, and that's always good. So, like, the offense is not bad. But what is bad is, as we talked about the turnovers, they've, t- they've turned the ball. I looked this up last night. They've turned the ball over 36 times in the last two games um it's been kind of a you know it's not like it was two years ago or three years ago when turnovers were like yeah i mean when they were basically a bottom they were they were like a bottom five team in in turnover yeah yeah it was like all we ever talked about um it's not been that way this season um but it has been kind of up and down it's 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 come and gone the issues with turnovers it's just right now they are struggling very badly with turnovers, uh, specifically David Jones and Javon Quinterly, who are your two primary ball handlers, and that's not good. Uh, yesterday they combined – so in the last two games, 36 total turnovers. 22 of those in that two-game stretch are from Javon Quinterly and David Jones. Uh, the other 11 guys on the team have turned the ball over 14 times in, in the last two games, while those two have turned it over 22 times. So that's startling. Uh, but yeah, uh, they're very bad on defense. Um, and I say, you know, again, it's like, it's kind of a nuanced discussion. It's not, I I genuinely believe that it's not because they're not capable of it. And I think Penny believes this too. And I think a lot of people think this way. 
it's not that they're not capable of playing good defense. Sometimes you see it. Um, and you could say the same thing for rebounding. Uh, rebounding and defense, they're capable of doing it, and they've done it before. Um, they did it a little bit yesterday here and there, played some good defense here and there yesterday. Um, and rebounding not so much against UAB, but that was kind of to be expected. UAB's got a really strong front court with Yakko and the Borg and, and Javion Davis. Uh, you know, so like you knew, you, you kind of felt like that was going to be a tough, some tough sledding there. But, um, but the way things are playing out in front of your eyes, you, any, any objective individual has to, has to admit that this is a bad team right now. Yeah, because kind of that's the problem that I've struggled with is I, I see all the criticism and, it, and I don't want to say like I'm dismissive of it because like I acknowledge those are things that are, are not helping. But to me, it's like the primary thing that if they don't fix it, then we really are talking about a, a troubling year. If they, I mean, Jason, they can't stop the basketball. Like if they, no. if they can't just, like, I'm not even asking, I'm not asking them to be like a top five defense. I'm asking them to like just stay in front of their man. Like that, yeah. it's everyone just gets into the lane, and then I don't think it's any shocker that we see big guys getting into foul trouble because they're having to cover up, and, and that creates fouling opportunities. And I, to me, like that's that's the primary the primary objective now is you've got to somehow fix the defense. Like I'm not saying like they've got to become a great defense, but they've got to get to where I mean, what was it, 52 points in the 52 points in the second half. And then what was it? Forty-eight in the second half against Tulane. Yeah, I mean, well, these are these are astronomical numbers. Well, I mean, go back and look at Wichita State. Yeah. This was you know the last time we all felt everybody felt really good about this Memphis team because they won by twenty-six on the road, scored one hundred and twelve points. You know, broke a bunch of records or came close to breaking records. It did, you know, did uh, did some things that haven't been done in decades and that, and all that stuff. Um, they still gave up 86 points in that game. They still were, I think they were up by like one or two points at halftime, and it was like 50 to 49 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I remember so like, like they hit, uh, Wichita hit a three right before the buzzer. Yeah, it's kind of exactly like what happened yesterday uh, at UAB when Eric Gaines uh, hit, hit a shot going into halftime. Um, and you know what? Like you're talking about the defense, and it's like, uh, you know, just just try a little harder to stay in front of your man. It's like even when they try to switch things up, which yesterday was the first time I remember all season where they predominantly pressed, Yeah, where they spent the majority of the game pressing. Now, a lot of it was late when they had to, when they were trying to get back into it. Um, you know, but, but I mean, they, they pressed way more yesterday than they – have in a game all season and that didn't work either um you know it's it's there's something fundamental that is wrong right now with too many of the not saying every player on the roster is guilty of this but too many of them are and it's like i don't i mean you know you could just watch it yesterday every time david jones you know, when they were pressing, if David Jones got beat, 
if he, you know, if his man got around him, uh, you know, whether it was uh, on the other side of the floor or at mid court or whatever, he would just stop. Yeah, he wouldn't. He wouldn't chase. There was no chasing, and that that stood out to me so much because I'm so used to watching Alex Lomax play defense and press. And you talk about, like you that dude's motor never stopped. If he if his guy got by him, he was a Tasmanian devil. Bad ankle and all. Ball. Yeah, oh yeah. Um and Kendrick Davis bought into that last year, you know. Um you know, Tyler Harris when he was at Memphis, Lester Quinones. Uh, you know, these these types of guys. Um even you know, even some of the low, the, the lesser known names, you know, like the Elijah McCaddens and the uh, and, and guys like that, like when they they were relentless, and that is missing. That that is missing right now. And Penny Hardaway, you know, he said it. Uh, he has been saying it, and he said it again yesterday. Like there's just not enough guys in the locker room and on their bench willing to sell out. Uh, on both ends of the floor, and that's that's the disconnect, you know. Like that's that's I think the disconnect. Yeah, and I think, I mean, I I guess I'll say hand up. When when Mills went down, I obviously yep. thought, oh, you will duh, you would much rather have him than not. Like you know what I mean? Like yep. duh, you'd rather have him. I did not think that it was going to have this type of impact, where all of a sudden, you know, all of a sudden, like. Defensively, they just look like they're just turnstiles. I, and and yeah. I, I, I admittedly, like I, I guess, hand up. Like I, I should have paid more attention. I just did. I did not think that that would be. I thought it would have been like losing like your fourth best player. And clearly, like right. I was wrong on that. Yeah, I mean, I think speaking of hands up, like I, I, when it happened, I was thinking the same thing that. You'd rather have him than than not, um, but it's not going to kill you. It's not going to derail your entire yeah. season, especially especially when it was January fourth when he got hurt, and it was what a week and a half, maybe two weeks before that that Naquan Tomlin entered the picture. Yeah, and it was like, oh well. This is exactly why, you know, like, good thing they brought in Naquan Tomlin. Like, you can kind of just keep right on going, you know. Like, they don't exactly do the same thing. They don't, they're not, you know, exactly play the same position or anything like that. But, like, it was, uh, that's that's kind of how I felt. Like, oh, good, okay, good thing they went out and got Naquan Tomlin. And then, you know, a little bit, a little while later, the, the, the you know, I started hearing about the Jordan Brown stuff. And it's like, okay, well, then they're even going to shore that up like whatever whatever you know maybe you alter uh how you deploy Naquan Tomlin because of Caleb Mills's injury and that leaves a void you know in the front court well no we're going to go back out and get Jordan bring Jordan Brown back and so that's going to account for that it's like you you think or at least I did that even though they lost Caleb Mills they we're able to go back out, and it's like, well, no, this, none of this is helping. And I think uh, uh, that's that's a pretty strong indictment of 
how deep, how, yeah, how deeply rooted some of these issues are that you're not even, you shouldn't, on paper, you shouldn't be suffering as badly as you are simply by losing one player for the season. But man, uh, but yeah, they are, they are, they are suffering pretty extensively. Well, I mean, that's kind of the other, then that's the other thing that I've struggled with. I don't, like, I think in a vacuum, yesterday's somewhat understandable. Like, UAB made that into a big event. Like, yeah. they, they, they played it like it was the biggest game on their schedule. I thought Tulane largely did the same thing. Mm-hmm. I keep wondering, if they just figure out a way to beat USF with a 20-point lead, are we still having the same reaction? Like, I get it. We keep score for a reason. But, like, I'm trying to balance, like, what is fair versus, you know, whether or not whether or not this is as dire as it seems. Yeah, and I've, I'm with you. Um, you. You certainly do want to at least kind of give them the benefit of the doubt to answer your question. I don't think, I don't think there's any uh, question that if they had beaten South Florida, um, no, we are not. No, I don't think any. I mean, you know, some some people probably would, but I don't think the majority of people two, would. Two be. tough road losses, like you know what I mean. Like we see that yeah. in college basketball. Yeah, you can write off Tulane because they they never play well in that building. You can write off. You can again, like you said, in a vacuum. You can kind of write off UAB because you know they like they 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 scored twenty more points than their average. Yeah. So that's not. All just on Memphis not playing defense. No, they had a great day. Um, yeah, like they, they, like Eric Gaines hit three three pointers and he hadn't made one in five games. Yeah, like sometimes these things just happen. But I think what is why I think the um, sort of the doom and gloom of the past uh, however many hours it's been since that game went final. Uh, where I think that has merit is this didn't just, it's not just about the losses. You, you, you had to have uh, Vanderbilt miss a three pointer at the buzzer that clanged off the, like if, if it's, you know, if that shot's good, you lose at home to Vanderbilt. Um, you know, Austin P was way closer than it should have been. You had to have a, you had to have two game winning three pointers from Javon Quinterly against Tulsa and SMU. Yep. Um, One of which then, is understandable. I mean, SMU is a good team, but like Tulsa. Sure. Right. Um, you had to go to overtime against UTSA, which I, honestly, I can, I can, like, I'll go, I'll go up on a hill with what UTSA is doing right now. Um, you know, they got Jordan Ivy Curry back uh, when the NCAA, when the federal when the courts got involved yep. and everybody could play right away, you know, he's all of a sudden scoring 38 against FAU, taking FAU to overtime. He's scoring 28 against Memphis, taking Memphis to overtime. And then they beat Tulane with him when he hits the game winning shot against Tulane. Like UTSA is not as bad as their numbers suggest their metrics, but um, you still had, you still needed overtime at home to beat UTSA. Um, and, and the other thing besides the way those, even those wins looked, and the the way these losses look, where is these? Where is the, what has anybody seen 
recently that makes you feel like this is all just a fluke. You know what I mean? Like there's too much there over the past month to for even the most optimistic person to to be to to write it all off as just being a fluke. Um there's 11 games left. <sighs> you we could sit here and be like maybe they win all 11, but I haven't seen anything in the last month that would that would reasonably where you'd be able to draw that conclusion. And so I think all of that together, the losses, the wins that shouldn't have been as close as they were, and the fact that it may not be over, (laughs) you know, like all of that, I think the doom and gloom is kind of warranted. Yeah, and I mean, that's the other thing. Like, okay, we've got these 11 games left. And like you said, if they go 11-0, okay, well, they're fine. Forget about it. Yeah, they're twenty six and five, and they got they got a road win. You know, they got a few more quad one wins if they go eleven and zero, and they they've rattled off eleven in a row and probably win the league if they do that. But yeah, uh, but it's like the other problem like, is like I don't know like what is, what do they need to do because that's the other question. It's like what we're seeing kind of when you watch the league is the the difference between the top of the league and the middle of the league doesn't seem to be that wide. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I've watched yeah, FAU. Yeah. Like, FAU gets credit because they continue to win. But, like, FAU doesn't look so much better than everyone. But we've seen Memphis. Like, Memphis has lost three games. Like, I, the problem is, like, I don't know. Does does 8-3 and three get it done? My guess is yes. But at the same time, if you go 8-3, and three, what, you probably finish no better than third, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's about right. Um, yeah, there's like, I think there's five teams ahead of Memphis in the standings right now. Um, you know, so, and you only get one crack at Charlotte who's beating everybody right now. You know, they beat, uh, they, they, they came back from 20 something down, uh, to beat UAB recently. They beat FAU, uh, you know, so you only get one crack at them. Thankfully for Memphis, it's at home. Um, you know, obviously you get two cracks at FAU. I think you get two at North Texas. You have one more against SMU who lost over the weekend at Wichita State. Wichita State's only AAC win so far, by the way. Um, so, you know, it's not like it's that tall of a hill to climb. The next three games for Memphis, the next two are at home, and then they go at, go to Temple. The next three games for Memphis – uh, are against teams that are each have uh, one one uh, league win. Correct, twelfth, thirteenth, and fourteenth in the league standings right now. Yeah. The three bottom teams are the next three teams on the schedule. So, you know, it. I still think, despite everything we've seen, like this is a get right stretch, and I think they will do it. I do think they will do it. Like these teams are not as talented, even on their best day, I think, as Memphis. Um, but then you got Tulane coming in here, uh, whatever date that is. I think February. I had, it, I had it just pulled up. Uh, February 11th, the Sunday. Okay, February 11th, uh, Tulane comes back in here. And so, you know, okay, it's at home. Okay, uh, they're not, They you know, uh, 
apart from the game against Memphis and the game against FAU, they have not been very good this year. Um, you know, like, so anyway, it, it's, and, and, and it, let's say you do go three and O and then let's say you do get, get revenge against Tulane. Well, that means you're on a four game winning streak and you got a little momentum on your side. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, anything's possible, but as we sit here today at three o'clock on January 29th, it's just, it's not like prudent to be, uh, thinking that, um, you know, that Memphis has, um, everything solved yeah. because we haven't seen it. Got to see it first. All right. Then lastly, was the rumble good? You know, uh, <laughs> I didn't watch it all the way to the end. I got about midway through the men's yeah. rumble. So I don't even know who won it. I didn't even, uh, Cody. I didn't, I, okay. Um, and then punk got hurt. So that, that is kind of like a nice, uh, indicator of are you washed? Like the first time you do anything in in about a year, you get hurt. Like that that was yeah. that was perfect. Yeah, uh, I I didn't not enjoy the rumble. Um, I will say that the highlight of what I did watch was uh, Jade Cargill. Yeah, um, I mean, like she, like good lord, you know, like what she was doing with Naya and the face off that she had. Uh, that ultimately didn't like, I don't think they actually squared off really between her and Bianca in the middle of the ring where they just sort of stared at each other. It reminded me of like Hogan and ultimate warrior oh, back yeah. in the early nineties oh, or yeah. Ho- Hogan and Zeus, uh, when tiny Lister. Zeus. Yeah, man. Like he was the scariest thing I'd ever seen, uh, <laughs> when I, when I was 11 years old, but, um, uh, but like, that's kind of what it reminded me of. Like, like that, has the potential to be just like next level stuff. And so for that reason, I thought I was very excited with, uh, with that part of the Royal Rumble. All right, buddy. We appreciate it. Thank you, Jeffrey. That is Jason Mons, Tiger basketball beat writer for the commercial appeal. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.